Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis out here again at CYL Studio. Check them out. They've got the infrared saunas. Uh, the uh, emphatic, uh, infrared, I made infrared and lymphatic into emphatic, which is not what you're supposed to do. Uh, but they've got uh, the infrared uh, lymphatic roller for the, sort of the deep tissue massage and that sort of thing. I watched Andrew do it. Uh, I did a little bit myself. It works. Uh, highly recommend uh, all of this to you. Check them out. CYLinfraredstudio.com slash Louisville, or you can give them a call. 502-618-2885. Uh, and they can answer any questions that you might have uh, about it coming up on three years. Uh, they are uh, at this point. So it, uh, Pat Forty reported earlier uh, today. Uh, and, and honestly, the first I was legitimately surprised to even see the story uh, that the NCAA is investigating Tennessee. Uh, they are under investigation for NIL violations in multiple sports. And it seems like we are now uh, witnessing the NCAA trying to assert itself in the NIL space. Uh, And look, we all know that early on when uh, NIL was uh, made legal for everybody, uh, that it was, uh, we were all told it's not supposed to be a recruiting inducement. And we all laughed heartily uh, that that's literally all NIL is, is a a recruiting inducement to either go or stay uh, somewhere. Uh, But the NCAA now recently, I think has, has, begun to poke around several places uh, in the way that they have used NIL uh, in recruiting. And look, Tennessee has certainly been one of those. Uh, And the difference now in people's opinions and like people's attitudes towards NCAA violations, it's shocking to me how different they are in such a short period of time. You know, I can remember vividly uh, the Clint Hurt, uh, th- that whole him being involved in the Miami investigation and all of that, uh, and how how big of a deal that all seemed to be. And now, I don't think anyone blinks at any of this uh, anymore. But they are accused of apparently uh, NCA violations around using a private jet. Uh, and trying to arrange NCA or NIL deals, uh, and said that look, t- as far as Tennessee is concerned, they don't really know. In uh, most schools, don't seem to really think that NIL rules are all that clear. But the NCAA uh, may have sort of they may regret this one, because whereas Louisville, we know so many schools uh, just roll over when the NCAA comes calling. Uh, there's just there's nobody that's going to do that anymore. There's no one that's going to. I don't even know that people are really going to even blink anymore. Uh, when it comes to being accused of various NCAA violations, but the president at Tennessee uh, wrote a letter to the NCAA uh, and was brutal. Uh, I believe I'm trying to look at this. Uh, so like Plowman is the person's last name uh, and wrote uh, to them basically that they're trying to enforce NIL rules like retrospectively uh, and is is not down with any of this. Uh, 
uh, with this letter that you've written. And God, Spencer, Spencer, Zach, it's almost impossible to imagine what the NCAA thinks they're doing here. Yeah, like nobody's asking for this. Nobody actually cares if Tennessee is out using their NIL money to go get a high school quarterback. Like, yeah, that's kind of the point of NIL now. Anybody who thinks that NIL isn't used for recruiting purposes was always misled and was always kidding themselves. The NCAA is trying so hard to prove that they're still relevant and that people should actually pay attention to anything they say. And nobody pays any attention to anything the NCAA says and has not paid any attention to the NCAA for years. And so are they just picking on Tennessee now because they feel like they're an easy target because they got them, quote-unquote, like a year or two ago? It's just – it seems dishonest. It seems unimportant. It seems like they're just – Look at us, guys. We're still yeah. we still matter. No, you don't. The NCAA so, is not going to be a thing in five years. Not like it is right now. Uh, so here's the letter, uh, or at least portions of it, that Tennessee's president wrote to the president of the NCAA, Charlie Baker. Dear President Baker, the leaders of intercollegiate athletics owe it to student athletes and their families to establish clear rules and to act in their best interest. Instead, two and a half years of vague and contradictory NCAA memos, emails, and quote-unquote guidance about name, image, and likeness has created extraordinary chaos that student athletes and institutions are struggling to navigate. In short, the NCAA is failing. Guys, that's the opening paragraph of the letter to the president of the NCAA. Earlier today, a team from the University of Tennessee met with members of your enforcement staff to discuss allegations the NCAA intends to bring against Tennessee related to NIL. We appreciate your staff listening to our arguments and agreeing to evaluate them. The NCAA's allegations are factually untrue and procedurally flawed. Moreover, it is intellectually dishonest for the NCAA enforcement staff to pursue infractions cases as if student-athletes have no NIL rights and as if institutions have all been functioning post-Alston with a clear and unchanging set of rules and willfully violating them. It would have been my preference to discuss my concerns with you in person. Your recent testimony before Congress indicated you wanted to meet with as many member institutions and student-athletes as possible to discuss issues associated with college sports. I am sharing my perspective in writing since my December request for you to meet with me and our athletics director, Danny White, was denied. Ouch. As you have seen in our previous dealings with the NCAA, when we are wrong at the University of Tennessee, we admit it. We spent more than a million dollars on outside counsel to investigate previous problems discovered in our football program that were reported to me personally and self-reported the entire case to the NCAA. In fact, just last year, the Division I uh, Committee on Infractions, as well as the NCAA enforcement staff, cited exemplary cooperation. Who cares about that? Uh, by the University of Tennessee and said, we set the standard other schools should follow. It's inconceivable that our institution's leadership would be cited as an example of exemplary leadership in July 2023. Then, as a cautionary example, a lack of institutional control only six months later. Ouch. Here's how the letter ends. I won't read the whole thing to you. The NCAA, it's like a subheading. The NCAA and member institutions owe it to the public and all stakeholders to be intellectually honest. It is intellectually dishonest for the NCAA staff to issue guidance they, uh, that says a third-party collective or business may meet with a prospective student-athlete, discuss an IL, even enter into a contract with prospective student-athletes, but at the same time that the collective may not engage with conversations that would be of a recruiting nature. Any discussion about NIL might factor into a prospective student-athlete's decision to attend an institution. This creates an inherently unworkable situation, and everybody knows it. Student-athletes and their families deserve better than this, as do the universities and athletic departments trying to manage and follow the rules. Uh, we emphasize to the NCAA enforcement staff that the actions they are considering are contradictory with and will undermine the vision of any new day that you yourself have laid out for NIL. The University of Tennessee has cooperated with the NCAA in the past when some of our coaches and their staff were in the wrong, and we will continue to do that. We've been held up as a model for how institutions should handle infractions. We've complied with NIL guidance as it came out. We will be resolute in protecting the rights of our student-athletes and upholding the integrity of our institution. So not rolling over and not playing ball at all. I'm happy for you. I'm sorry that happened, but I ain't reading all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tennessee came out swinging, deservedly so. Good for them. It really does seem like basically after Louisville, 
<laughs> that everyone was like, oh, well, we're not rolling over anymore. Yeah, North Carolina, you know, fake classes for 20 mm-hmm. years didn't roll over and nothing happened to them. And Notre Dame in 2012, they self-reported like exam stuff that happened and they got their whole 2012 season vacated just like Manti Teo's girlfriend. Like, come on. There, there's no I, reason to cooperate with the NCAA. None. And I don't understand why they think it's going to be smart for them at all to try to assert themselves here. There's, there's just to me, there's, there's no one getting hurt in this at all. It's not making the game non-competitive or anything like that. If anything, you know, I think it's given Louisville a chance to maybe jump up ahead in line a little bit, uh, and some other places who get their act together uh, are are benefiting from it. And of course, it's the right thing to do for these kids to be able to get that sort of thing anyway. Yeah, it always was. I mean, have you noticed in the on? three like top 100 top 10 prospects like there's seven different colleges that are being involved like they're not all going to Alabama they're not all going to Georgia like there are top level guys going to Ole Miss and going to you know all these other programs so who, who's to say that it's a bad thing for the sport like it, the talent's being spread out more and yet people are still complaining about it I love it I don't have any problem with it uh, at all. It's to me, it's different. It's it's not worse. I know for a lot of people, this all seems uh, worse to you, but I I just think it's just different. And it, to me, if nothing else, this space that we're operating in here now is is less contradictory, even if it's messier. You know, even if there's a a lot more player movement, and it's a lot harder to learn the rosters than maybe it ever used to be, uh, and it's a lot more. Uh, boom and bust between every single season. But I, to me, it's it's much more to be preferred than just sort of hypocritically uh, trying to hammer anybody who tries to benefit from this at all while everyone else was getting rich. Yeah, all the coaches that could break their contracts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I signed a 10-year deal. Sorry, guys, I'm going to the Falcons or I'm going to Michigan or I'm going wherever. But you have to stay here because you have to make more of a commitment to the university than just the head coach. Like, the players should be getting just as much as the coaches are. They deserve revenue sharing. They deserve all this NAL stuff. They deserve the opportunity to transfer. I don't I don't even love the capping of how many times they can transfer. Now, I don't think they should go crazy with it. But, I mean, what if you go to a situation and it doesn't work out and it happens twice? Like, well, the second time, now you can't transfer openly. Like, I don't think that's necessarily right either. Coaches get to move as much as they want. It, it's messier. It's not something that people are used to, and that's why a lot of people don't like it is because they don't like change. It, it, that's just the bottom line. Yeah, people don't like right. change, and so yeah. they don't want to have to adapt to it. Everybody, the way that they view college sports especially, I would say all sports, but especially college sports, the way people view college sports and how it's supposed to be is the way that it was during their childhood. The way that it was when they were 16 years old, that's how college sports are always supposed to be, and they can't accept that, you know what, Back then, guys didn't have as many opportunities as they do now. It's okay to say that. 8150-939, that's uh, the number if you would like to get in here. 3831-939 for the UPS jobs text line. If you want to hit us up uh, that way, you can as well. would love uh, to hear uh, from you on really any of this, including this game uh, tonight, which, look, I would love uh, to tell you with a straight face that I've got – good reasons to think this will be anything other than what I'm afraid it's going to be, but I don't. Uh, it just in terms of matchups, you know, Louisville has repeatedly, I think, made other teams extremely good on offense. A number of teams have put together uh, performances that would, you know, if that were their season averages, they would be the best offense in the country when they've played Louisville. Well, Clemson's already one of the best offenses in the country. We mentioned in the, in the 3 o'clock hour, but – 15th in offensive efficiency, one of the best two-point shooting teams in the country. Uh, But more than anything to me, you know, they have sort of flown under this radar a little bit uh, where the team hasn't been picked apart, you know, in terms of transfers and that sort of thing. And they've had some of these guys for a little while. Uh, And Brownell's a good coach. He's a a really good coach who sort of gets by on what they, they can get at Clemson. And the thing that we have not talked about very much at all uh, we talked about the fact that this is going to be a team that's really mad about the way that Duke game went, uh, and they're going to be back home, and that won't be pleasant. And I certainly don't think that the referees are going to be a deciding factor in this game, but they're probably going to overcorrect and want to treat Clemson well in this one. But also, 
they probably got something for Louisville in the tank. Don't you think? After last year? Yeah, because that's that why they, they did not make the NCAA tournament because of Louisville. That's exactly right. That's the reason they didn't make the tournament. They were, what, the second or third team out, and the reason they didn't make it is because they lost to 4-28 yep. Louisville. The, the yep. only reason. And so, yeah, I'm sure they've got that in the back of their minds. I, I don't think they need any motivation getting up for this one. Now, here's what I love. In, in the course of today's show, so two hours and ten minutes so far uh, out here at CYL and Fred's studio, uh, I have had at least a half dozen people text in, different people texting in different suggestions for who is the Bring Brom Home guy. And uh, the, I guess the, the Bring Brom Home guy sat down with Steve Springer, that's uh, Charlie's, uh, I think Charlie's son, uh, at the, the UofL card game is like, I think the website that uh, where he writes his blog and uh, did like a little uh, Q&A with the guy. Uh, and it's no uh, secret that he is a big Mick Cronin guy. So today, our anonymous accounts went to war, right? So you've got uh, the Bring Brom Home guy who has become the uh, Mick is the pick guy. Uh, and I think at one point at least has said that he, he is getting the job. And then you had Trilly Donovan, who again, none of us know who that is either, uh, tweeting an update, which is obviously about the Louisville basketball job, and removed Mick Cronin uh, from uh, the consideration, seemingly uh, saying that Louisville is perhaps a little bit more focused on Chris Beard, Jerome Tang, Eric Musselman. Your thoughts on that, Zach? Uh, I don't think Cronin's the guy. I never thought Cronin was going to be the higher it is fascinating to see these guys kind of having their own source off, if you will. Like Chris Broussard used to always mm -hmm. say sauces back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know who I believe necessarily, but I do think that probably the most realistic candidates right now are Jerome Tang. Eric Musselman's up there. Muss is interesting because Arkansas hasn't been all that great this year, but Muss is a guy that has never really coached anywhere for very long, so it would not surprise me if he's looking for his next challenge and the down year aside, he's done a really good job down there. Of course, Chris Beard, we've covered at length. I, I never thought Cronin was the guy. I think the the hype cooled on him this season. Now they've kind of turned it around recently, ever since the Utah game when they got more than doubled up, and he's asking who's going to be on the roster. So good on him for turning it around. But I think it was always going to be Tang and Beard and Muss. Muss is the interesting one. I don't know how you guys feel about must would it, it would you be cool with must being the next head coach of Louisville? Yeah, I would. You know, I really would. I, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't. I'm not going to let this year uh, define Eric Musselman or Mick Cronin. You know, I'm not necessarily looking at this season on the floor uh, as determinative of everything that they are as coaches, uh, because we have enough of a resume of those guys to look at that and see this season as. These are exceptions to the rule of their careers. But one of the reasons I did want to bring both of those guys up uh, is they went a little more portally and a little more international. Uh, and and I, uh, Cronin did at least. And it hasn't gone well for either of them at all. But just this season, you know, in the past, I think uh, Musselman's done just fine in the portal. And, and with transfers before there really even was a portal, he's done quite well. But it does make me wonder if even really good coaches who feel like they've got a good grasp on building a team kind of fresh every single year out of the portal and with high school recruits. And Musselman's done really good with both, by the way. Yep. Don't let anyone right. tell you that it's a, like just the portal. They've gotten their four- and five-star guys yep. uh, more than enough there. And I'm not, I wouldn't be worried about that in the future either. But if you do have a lot more turnover year to year and you're, you're just banking on basically nailing it every year, in terms of putting your team back together with transfers and such, uh, that maybe even the best of coaches are just going to have more years where where they they really miss it. Yeah, there there's. I wonder if you're just this is kind of be kind of the norm where you're going to have three or four really good years, and then you're just going to have one year where the portal guys just don't hit for whatever reason, and you end up having the year that Mick Cronin's having or the year that Eric Musselman's having. Like, are fans going to have to? be a little more patient with that as opposed to you know in the old days if you're North Carolina or you're Duke you wake up and you win 25 games just by rolling the ball out on the floor so is that the new norm where you you're so reliant on the portal but every fourth or fifth year you're gonna have to live with the season like they're having to live with this year 
either way, uh, I'm not going to let this year uh, distract, uh, make me less than thrilled about Eric Musselman. I think he would go over awfully well with people, and I think Jerome Tang would go over awfully well. The only, like, literally, Zach, my only hesitation about Musselman is that here, I think we would really, really love for the basketball coach to end his career here. You know, we want this to be the end of the line for you. It has been for just about everybody. Uh, and even Chris Mack, when he got hired, was like, this is my last job. Remember that? Uh, he At his introductory press conference, Pepper's he wanted Farns to be here. Remembers. Yeah, you want, he wanted that, and we all want that. And we, uh, I realize I'm not always going to get that, but Musselman does tend to, like, burn through places real fast. You know, four, five, six years, and then – uh, it seems tense there at, at Arkansas now, but the truth is, like, maybe it's silly to want that anymore or to or to try and have that and that, hey, if you got five really, really good years out of him like he's basically had at Arkansas, it would probably be worth it and you just do it again. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have guys coaching 30 years anymore. I think you're just at the point where it's, I don't want to say microwave, but about four or five years really good run sounds about right. Like muscle has not been a guy who has stuck around very long. I, I don't even know. I think this is the longest he's ever been anywhere. Is that right? Uh, I think so as a head coach uh, for sure. And, and look yeah. to, to be totally fair. Uh, we, we, nobody thought Rick Pitino would stay as long as he was, as he was here. You know, no one thought he would be at Louisville for that long. And then much like me or Luke Hancock or so many other people, kind of get here and you can't leave and maybe it would have that effect yeah like maybe it would have uh that absolute uh effect on him like it has on others you know i think a lot of people early on didn't think denny would be here that long and he literally never left well to use a different sport nobody thought nick saban was going to coach at alabama as long as he did because remember he bounced around from lsu oh, he was there for five right. years dolphins hey, for two how many people thought cal would be at kentucky this long yeah that's also true i would never thought cal would still be at kentucky because of course he was another guy who bounced around a lot of coaches tend to bounce around until they find the one spot and then they don't leave maybe this is the one spot yeah and just to be clear so no one thinks i'm being a total hypocrite here uh, i'm not holding the on the floor results this year against cronin and against eric musselman but i am holding the way mick cronin just sort of behaves day to day against him like that I don't love. I just, it's a it's a degree of prickly I'm just not a big fan of. Uh, I think that you can get the things you like out of Mick uh, from others who aren't just uh, maniacs sometimes. Uh, and 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 I don't I don't love that. No, I, that's why I've said I don't think Mick Cronin's personality fits here. I think he's just too gruff. I think you know he. I don't know how he would handle the Louisville media per se. So that that would be my question. I I've never thought he was. He wasn't in my first four or five choices for the job. He's way down the list. Yeah, in a weird way, I feel like I was more open to him a couple of years ago than I am now. But it's not. I I don't know that it really makes much sense. I just I've really not liked his demeanor this year, and I'm worried about the role that's going to play early on if it's not great like right out of the bat for whoever the next coach is yeah and i i've always i'm fascinated by how the fans look at this hire especially considering the kp run the last couple years are we still holding it against the old program standards which i think they should versus you know kenny payne's been here it hasn't been great don't lower the standards just because the last two years haven't been great louisville basketball is one of the top six programs of all time they've won multiple national championships Louisville theoretically should be able to go out and get just about any coach in the country. So I hope that people are not lowering their standards, and by all accounts, the fans I don't think are. Uh, I am enjoying everyone trying to sleuth who they think the Bring Brom Home guy is, though. Well, do you think we'll ever know? Yeah, we'll figure it out at some point. Yeah, we'll if, he, if we'll Cronin figure. gets hired, he's going to come out because he would have picked Brom and Cronin correctly. Like He's going to take his little victory lap. Yeah, look, we've had textures text in and suggest that it's Terry Miners, that it's John Ramsey, that it's Keith Pointer, uh, that it's Mike Hughes. Uh, I mean, it's it's been a number of, of people seem to be candidates afterwards. Uh, and, and it's fun to try and sleuth it. But I really don't care who it is, do you? No, not really. I, I don't need to be spammed every time I tweet something about the station now that for Mick the Pick. But beyond it that, will- I don't really care. 
It really does drive home, though. Like, college sports is fun for the – one of the things that's fun about college sports is the way this sort of thing happens. Uh, and, and most rabid fan bases, like, elevate people like this. And, and things like this, they become stars and they become darlings and that sort of thing. Uh, and hell, I mean, he, he spammed everybody for Jeff Brown for like a year and a half, and then he gets a shout-out from Josh at yeah. the introductory press conference. So it it worked. Well, these guys uh, are celebrities in college. Like, if they yeah. tried this in the NFL, they they wouldn't have that so much. But that's what makes college sports so fun. A lot of the college sports fans, they're kind of crazy, but in a good way most of the time. Yeah, it's less rational. It's more emotional. And that's I right. like that part of it. I love that part of the of college uh, sports fandom so maybe we'll figure it out uh, i've seen again lots of suggestions of people trying to figure out who it is somebody who likes to talk a lot and lives in the east end now uh you, you know you can i would love to hear theories uh on that uh, not enough typos for john ramsey though, so it's not him yeah uh, but i would love to hear some of the other theories that people have keith pointer keith's not keith's not doing that he would just tell you he likes make if he wants <laughs> that's right i'm waiting for you to come out and say it was me all along God, what if it's me what if it is what if it's first of biscuit? all, it's ridiculous for me to say that, but like, what if it's me? Like, that would be really. It would funny. be more likely to be biscuit than you. I'm trying to think but, of who would be the funniest person to be just this rabid Mick Cronin advocate. Strebel. Well, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Strebel's well. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't have wanted Brom. Yeah, that that's it. That's the thing. It's got to be a Louisville person. Yeah. But I, I'm trying to think of who would be really funny if you're like, what the world? That person is like the giant, like, you know, Lloyd Gardner or something. Not, yeah, not Sofro. I, he came to mind, but. No, Sofro so. seems pretty clearly on uh, Team Chris Beard. Yeah. Well, he just tweeted, at this point, I just hope Kenny gets a year three. So he's kind of trolling there. Of course. That's. Yeah. God love him. Uh, we love Sofro, but yeah. Texture says that Mick Cronin has similar traits that Bobby Petrino had, and they just rub you the wrong way. I think I would pass on Mick. I think I would too. Uh, but if he was the best candidate they could get, he is objectively a good basketball coach. His teams are always good. And he does know Louisville quite well. Mm-hmm. So it's, let's not act like there are, there are no pros in Mick Cronin's column. There are. But it's not where I would start. No, that would not be the start of my list. I, I get why people want him to a degree, and I think obviously he knows Louisville, so he's not going to come in here overwhelmed by the job. And I mean, he's coaching at what we would all consider, I don't know if you guys still consider UCLA to be a blue blood, even though they've won 11 national championships, all of them were, except one were before I was ever born. So do we still consider UCLA like a blue blood elite program, or is Louisville the infinitely better job now? It, it might be a better job uh, in particular, you know, talking about it as a job versus like historical program, you know, that's different things. But I don't think any of us have any idea what the UCLA job will be like as a member of the Big Ten. You know, like that, I think, is going to just be fascinating to see how that plays out for all four of those West Coast teams uh, playing in the Big Ten. It's going to be very different for them in every sport, but for basketball, I mean, we're just talking an, an insane amount of travel. Yeah. All brand-new opponents, uh, just a, a different animal altogether. Uh, and I don't I don't know that you can guarantee uh, that, that it'll go well uh, for any of them. I don't think uh, you can either, especially with the travel aspect with basketball. They're probably going to have to just, if they're playing Michigan and Michigan State, they're probably just going to have to take a little road trip and play them back-to-back or take a big trip and just play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Indiana, like everybody in that kind of location area, just have them do a long road trip that way. But I don't know how like Lincoln Riley's team is going to transition to Big Ten football because they're kind of the antithesis of Big Ten football. I don't know how Oregon's going to transition. I think Oregon's going to be pretty good next year. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be fine. I think of all the four programs, I think Oregon will probably fit in the best. UCLA is the one I don't know about in either football or basketball, but I would say basketball-wise, there's a much better chance that they fit in than football because UCLA football is just irrelevant. So I saw uh, very, uh, earlier today on the Levitard show, Mike Ryan, with a stat. Uh, you know, there was this list of like players where they finished college and who has scored a point in a Super Bowl. And I think Miami is was at the top or very close. Yeah, to Miami the top. was first. 
But the, I thought it was interesting that he pointed out no player who finished has ever finished their college at Alabama has scored a point in the Super Bowl. I could not believe that when I read that, considering how many Alabama guys are in the NFL. That is wild. That, uh, uh, historically, but and especially now, like I know scored is the operative part because Namath, Bart Starr, Ken Stabler threw touchdown passes in the Super Bowl, but the fact that none of them scored, that's insane. For Alabama, the greatest college football program probably of all time. All right, let's go ahead and take our last break. Again, we'll wrap things up out here at CYL Louisville. CYLinfraredstudio.com slash Louisville, or you can give them a call, 502-618-2885. They've got like a whole plan to lay out for you on how these sessions for the infrared saunas uh, and everything will go. After a couple of visits, you'll feel like this, then more, you'll be like this, and sort of set yourself up with a little bit of a plan. But I did it today. Uh, can't recommend it to you highly enough. It's awesome to just get such a great, like, lather without really having to do anything. Uh, and it feels really nice. It's nice and relaxed and cleared my head. Came in here, do the show by myself, no problem. So we'll take our last break here, come right back, put a bow on this one here on a Louisville basketball game day. We'll be right back here on The Drive on You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Phone lines, they are still open if you'd like to give us a call here. 8150-9393-9 for the uh, UPS Jobs text line. Texture said that trying to figure out who the Bring Brom Home guy is, is like a, would be a great episode of Scooby-Doo. And I do love the the idea of like the visual of literally unmasking someone, you know, like just yanking that up, you know, there he is. It's Diener or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to see that big like Zoink Scoobs. We finally got him. I would have gotten away with it, too. I would have gotten away with it. Texture says it's Mick's brother. Another one says it's Brady Brom. I the, I don't really know that anyone is is ridiculous as a suggestion. Scotty D, someone else saying it's Scotty. Scotty D. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that might be ridiculous. Well, I do uh, look again. I I I don't want him, but I do I do love that we we just make celebrities out of things like this with college sports. That's fun for me. I have no problem with that whatsoever. And look, I I called the guy dork the other day, and he might really be a dork. I don't know, but. It is annoying to just spam people with crap about Mick Carr all the time. And it would be it, like it would be better and better received if they were awesome. Right? But you're like just constantly sort of spamming people with Mick is the guy and they're not very good this year. Yeah, yeah, it's not like he's advocating for Matt Painter or for Dan Hurley <laughs> right. or somebody like that. What would you think about Matt Painter? I would take Matt Painter. I think he's consistent now i don't love his ncaa tournament record but i mean how many times have we said that about tony bennett and then tony bennett finally won one like all it takes is one matt painter has lost to a bunch of high seeds and everything but every six every one seed that has lost to a 16 won the title the next year and purdue would probably be the number one overall seed in the tournament if the season ended today and i know it doesn't but they would be all it takes is one tournament run and people forget about your past ncaa tournament failures i'd take matt painter <laughs> I, I did like I like that. Uh, Texture said like pulling off instead of the regular mask like Scooby Doo would be like the the card mask like the card bird mask off the person like that too with the uh, the bring Brom home guys. I love that idea. Yeah, I love well, the visual of that. Yeah, like what we did in college when we would unmask the uh, the mascots. They had to keep it secret for an entire year about who they were. Yeah, like the mask singer or something. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. That's uh, the number if you want to jump in here uh, while there's still a little bit uh, of time uh, here. Your thoughts on the texture says that Kelvin Sampson's old, but he could give us a few good years. That's honestly, you know, for so many of these guys, there's like one thing we're like, eh, you know, if if that wasn't true, I could see how that would be super appealing. Yeah, I obviously Chris Beard and his his whole background, you know, and what happened there. That that's literally the only strike against him. Uh, it's a big one for me. But it is the only downside to him in terms of the basketball or even the personality. I, it's obvious why he's successful uh, at 
on the court at ev- every place that he goes to. I don't. I have no argument against uh, any of that. Kelvin Sampson, I don't really know if he wants to leave at this point. At, but of course, yeah, he would be a fantastic hire. His teams would be. Ex- he would be very well received here as well. I, I just think there's a number of guys who are. It's when was the last time somebody really did that? Like a big job just hired another big jobs coach. Yeah, when's the last time you heard Kelvin Sampson mentioned for a bigger job, quote unquote? Yeah. Like it just doesn't happen. I just I don't see him leaving Houston. It's kind of the same thing I think when I hear Scott Drew get mentioned. I just I don't see what reason Scott Drew has to leave. He turned around. He has the greatest college turnaround of all time. They've just built a new arena for him, and they're consistently in the top ten, top fifteen, and they're always a high seed. What reason does he have to leave Baylor? Why would he want to go through another turnaround? It's a great question, and, and I don't really know that there are – or that there's like a, a, a uniform answer for everyone because I feel like we say that a lot. Why would he leave X? But, like, why would Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame? You know, or why would Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma? Uh, we don't – every one of these guys is different, and we, we have no idea what's what's in their heads. You know, why would Steve Spurrier leave to go work for freaking Dan Snyder in the NFL uh, 20 years ago? You know, like the – Every one of these guys is different. Uh, and maybe just the idea of not living in Waco anymore sounds pretty good to him. It would for me. I feel like Louisville's a lot better place to live than Waco. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. No, I, I don't think so. I think that's about right. I think Scotty D is my favorite suggestion. I don't think that's him at all. But it's the funniest so far. Let's get Chris uh, in here. Chris, thanks for waiting, buddy. Welcome into the drive on I Thunderbolt. What's up? How we doing, gentlemen? Hey, buddy. So here's how I feel about the Chris Beard thing. Okay. I feel like if we take him, it's an omission of us selling our soul. That we've decided that winning and being back where we used to be is more important and to do it with a shortcut. Instead of getting a guy that's going to have to maybe do a little work. Chris Bear is a great coach. There's no doubt about it. But what he did, what he was accused of, I'm sorry, and later dropped, like you were saying earlier, he's got to share a facility with all of our women. I just, I I can't, I can't do that. I've I've got two daughters. There's just something something about that. There's too many other options for that to even have to be put up on the table. Then we were talking, and you said, I think we're more like Austin. I yeah. feel like if we, were, if we were more like Austin, this little buyout of Kenny's money wouldn't matter, <laughs> and we would not have to suffer through this. Not and, and let me preface this by saying, I was a Kenny fan. I wanted this to work. I just knew it was going to work. I was so happy when he got hired. But we're at the point now where I just want, I want this to stop so we don't disdain our relationship with him in the future. I want him to be able to come back and for people to still love him and, and treat him the way we've always done. And we're getting to the point where I think we're going to ruin that if we just keep letting him march this out and do what he's doing. I, I, I just, We're a better program than that. We're celebrating being close to North Carolina when we used to be the number four team. We, we can't get to that point. I think you always say we can't be the Purdue where every everything yeah. is, is – so, no, we, we've got to get back to where we were. But the whole Chris Beer thing, I, I think it's just selling our soul. And I've seen other schools do it, and it doesn't work out well. I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I'd rather suffer through this than that, have to constantly explain and justify why we hired this man. I'll get off and I'll listen to you. I, I appreciate it. Uh, and here's the thing. I, I, I understand all of the sentiment from Chris uh, just now. And I, but I don't think, like, I don't want to be unfair to anyone in this. Chris said, if you hire Chris Beard, that's like selling your soul. And that's, I think that's kind of true. But only if you hire him, like Mark Blankenbaker talks about it. If you hire Chris Beard and you're like, I don't care what happened. My moral compass is set to win. Yeah, that's selling your soul. But that's, to me, that is infinitely different than saying, I talked to him. I talked to the police. I talked to her. We're confident that's not what happened. The charges were dropped for a reason. He's, put these, he's taken these steps in his life. 
and this is why we're confident nothing like that uh, would, would happen. But we've taken it seriously. We've done our work. And not just say you've done your due diligence, because so often when teams make these hires or they make these signings, uh, they, the due diligence consists of telling you they did their due diligence. Like it would need to be explained. But if you just do it the way Mark talks about it, or are others just like, hey, just win, baby, don't care, we're outlaws, don't care. Yeah, that, that is selling your soul. And I don't want to do that either. But I think there is a way to approach this where you could do it like, hey, I took all of this seriously and I just don't think that's what happened. Yeah, I think there's always two sides to every situation. I think if you do the extensive research and you come to the conclusion that this what this isn't who Chris Beard is, it happened, but we're not going to hold that just totally against him and we're going to we we've done what we need to do and we feel comfortable with him being the head coach, then I trust that Josh Hurd is going to do his research. I don't think I think he's going to do his due diligence. I wouldn't be for damn the torpedoes full speed ahead I don't care what he did off the court I just want to win games like I think there's a distinct difference between the two if you do your due diligence and you come to the conclusion that Chris Beard is the right guy for the job and this is part of that thought process I'm fine with that I just don't want it to be oh I don't care I don't want Kentucky to hire him or whatever that's not why you hire a coach you're Louisville you're not concerned about other programs poaching your coach or you should not worry about that anyway yeah, what uh, and I, just to be clear, like what other people think about this doesn't matter to me one bit. Like outside of here, what other fan bases think, what the national media will think. It, it, this has I'm not into cowering to any of that. I'm worried about what it would say to the people here and the implications here. Uh, and I just don't agree with I don't care what happened, he wins. That's what I object to. Not him in any circumstance. I object to it being what happened at Texas being treated like it doesn't matter. If it can be addressed, I mean, Keith Pointer, I think, has been admirable as an attorney pointing out here people get charged with things and charges get dropped and false accusations get made. And there are lots and lots of things that happen in these situations. But lots of times charges get dropped for bad reasons, too. And that's where Louisville would have to do its homework. So I'm not disqualifying him, but I don't really know that. I just don't, I don't think he's that good that he's worth any of even doing that. Like, I think there are other good coaches out there. But that's me. That's me. Let's get Miguel uh, in here. Miguel, welcome in the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, bud. So, Mark, I, I agree with everything you say, um, except for him not being worth it. Chris Beard is the best, uh, like, realistic option for us and would be here for 20 years and would win a national championship within 10 years. I, I absolutely have no doubt in my mind that that happens. And, and so I agree with you in that, look, it, this isn't simply, you know, hold your nose, like he's a, he's a POS and hold your nose and we're going to hire him anyway because winning cures all. And right. I, I, that's not it. That's not it. If, if we do our due diligence, and oh, by the way, Ole Miss has done that, by the way, so, uh, no, I don't know. Would, <laughs> I don't know about that, but go ahead. You you can't you can't just be flippant about hiring a dude like that. And they hired him within like what three or four months after you know these charges came down. So I, I don't I, I doubt that Ole Miss would be so flippant to just say eh whatever. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's being naive. But um, if we do, if Josh does due diligence and he like has conversations with Beard, just exactly how you you know you you uh, laid it out. Yeah. If he passes the test, this is a no brainer. I mean, this is a dude that is here. He's got the moxie for it. He plays D. We would love his style of play. I mean, I, this is uh, he would win immediately. And uh, uh, if if he's hired, that means we have done the background checks and he's good to go. Uh, Miguel, would you need it to be? Hey, uh, we can stand up here and tell you like that didn't happen. Would it have to be like that clear to you? Well, uh, it well yes. I mean, I okay. I have a daughter. I, I'd have a sure. really hard time looking at uh, my wife and my daughter. And if it wasn't true, I'd have a hard time. Uh, I'd have a hard time. But if if it's addressed, and I would hope that you know at a, at a presser. 
you know, that it would be asked, like, what kind of due diligence, what kind of background check did you do, what kind of conversations? Um, I would like, I would feel much better if I was convinced, um, made it uh, feel like the tests have been passed. Fair enough. Miguel, I appreciate uh, the call there, but thank you uh, so much. Uh, I think as long as we can be civil about that part of it, there can be some sort of common ground here about him. I'm just not so enamored with him as a coach that I would, that it's worth it to me. No, it's not like he's won 10 national championships right. and he's the greatest coach of all time and you just overlook everything. Is he one of the best coaches in the country? I, I would say yes, he is one of the yeah. best coaches in the country. Is he the best possible coach they can hire? I don't know if that's even true, but he doesn't dominate enough. He's not a guy that is a absolute grand slam, can't miss, that nothing that happened in the past should be brought up. That That's just not the case. Yeah, and I hope it's become clear here by the end of the show that it's not that I don't believe in second chances. Uh, it's not that I don't, you know, that that I'm trying to some sort of hypocritical thing uh, here. Uh, I, I All I want is for people to admit that it matters and that Louisville should have to, if they were going to do that, address it. That's all. Neither of us has even said don't hire Chris Beard either, right? I, I've said I wouldn't. I'm not wouldn't. saying that you couldn't. Yes. But I, you better not if it's like how Mark talks about it. And I've look. I've uh, this is I've talked to Mark directly on social media and directly about it. I don't like how f- dismissive he is. In uh, my moral compass is set to win, and uh, Ole Miss didn't care, so why should we? I don't operate like that. And it's not like Ole Miss is the cleanest program ever. I don't know what kind of background check they did, but it's Ole well, Miss. Come on. Let's let's also remember, Ole Miss was going to keep Hugh Freeze through all of that. That's right. Until. Houston Nuts attorney found even more like the, the and and Ole Miss is a place I think that for a great 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 basketball coach they probably have to hold their noses and do things like that I just don't think we have to do that no it's not like Ole Miss has any real basketball history there's some programs like I mean Texas Tech they hired Bobby Knight back after he got fired at Indiana obviously Bobby Knight did nothing illegal but he was kind of a guy that was thought of as somewhat of a toxic figure because of how his Indiana tenure ended. I don't know if Bobby Knight gets hired at Louisville after he gets fired by Indiana, but Texas Tech had no basketball history, so they just kind of looked past it a little bit and said, we're hiring one of the best coaches of all time. We might have to hold our nose a little bit, but we're going to do it. And programs like that can afford to do that more than Louisville, and Louisville doesn't need to have those kind of standards. They should be operating at the highest possible standard of we are one of the premier jobs in the country. People should be lining up to come here, and we shouldn't have to settle. And I hope that Chris Beard is prepared to speak to all of that. Uh, it, he should He should be. Uh, and if he's not, uh, I would just pack my stuff up and go. But he's not, to me, he's not head and shoulders above everybody else. Like If you could get Scott Drew tomorrow, he's he's a far better long-term prospect than than chris beard is yeah no question like that that is obvious i just i'm not so enamored with him uh that that i would overlook anything that's happened uh in the name of hiring him when i just i feel like he's not that much better and i just i think a lot of little fans are tired of having to hold their nose so to speak yeah they've had to do it for the better part of almost a decade now so. and there's nothing virtuous about that no and that's what bothers me i think sometimes i hear this there's almost a delight in offend, offending in the in the sense of like getting a reaction from people, and I don't I don't I don't see any value in that. No, I don't feel the need to just stick it up everybody's you know what and offend them and all right. that kind of stuff. Just can we hire the right coach, win basketball games, and that just be the end of it? Is it really that hard? Well, when you think about what's being asked of coaches now, uh, there there's even less room for all of this. You know, because I think uh, let's face the facts. Like we're asking these coaches to be very involved with everybody uh, in terms of NIL and that sort of thing. Like we're asking them to be big parts of the community and that sort of thing. And it just seems silly to be dismissive about the risk involved in that. Yeah, especially when you have people that are trying to raise NIL money and you've got boosters that have a very large say. And that's why, you know, people have complained about the Kenny Payne stuff. And there are some boosters that are going to be upset if they fire him. But 
the fact is those people matter and you cannot afford to piss them off. You've got to hire the right guy. You don't want to have somebody with a checkered background that makes the big money booster question whether he should be donating money to your program. That matters. And that's why I think you'll see more college football coaches eventually go to the NFL. And I don't know if it'll be the same thing with college basketball, but you just have so much to deal with. You're going to get tired of it eventually. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I don't want to be Auburn. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, last they hired Hugh Freeze. Uh, last night they hired DJ Durkin. Yeah, that's dirty. And imme- of course it is. And immediately, uh, just there's this giant eruption of, of course, you know. Uh, and I don't. I think we don't have to do that. You know, I think when Auburn does stuff like this, it so often it, it betrays their desperation to catch up to Nick Saban, and it makes them look pathetic. And then they and don't, don't catch up to Saban. And the and it doesn't work. Thank you for saying that because that's absolutely right. I just feel like Louisville doesn't have to do that. We don't have to do that. We don't have to hire the DJ Durkins. And Chris Lowe's tweet last night about how DJ Durkin had been a defensive coordinator in three other places and not mentioning that whole, you know, head coach thing and what happened at Maryland. Yeah, what happened there? No. Don't appreciate that yeah. either. I, I didn't get that one. I noticed that. All right. That is going to do it for us here. We appreciate the folks here at CYL Infrared Studio for hosting us. Uh, out here can't recommend it to you enough check them out you've been listening to the drive on ninth and the bill see you taking care of your family isn't always easy so we make sure getting care when you need it is With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.